0: You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network.
1: Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armor All, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armor All products. You you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there.
2: I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You gotta make some phone calls. Hang up the phone, prank caller, prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to PackerNet After Dark. This is the Call-In Show, the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you want to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. Whatever you're thinking about, man, just call in, get it off your chest, we'll talk about it. New callers go directly to the front of the line. All that jazz. Why don't we go ahead and get started with Mr. Nate?
1: Hey Ryan, it's Nate. Long time no talk. How you doing, Mike? It's that uh, time of the off-season, but we're finally coming through the other side. But I wanted to call in because I'm sure there's probably a 100 million calls about uh, Rogers taking a pay cut. um, You're the first so far. Snap with the Jets versus playing with us for 18 years and never once giving us a pay cut or truly team-friendly deal. All I got to say is I I just – I'm so tired. I'm I'm just tired. I really thought that we were going to start to see at least a decline in how much people want to talk about him – and just the constant arguments on Twitter. I thought we would start to see a decline, you know, go in the right direction to where I don't have to hear his name anymore, but no, no, it's still, uh, he's just going to keep doing these little things like he always does. He just has to spite us, get back at us, get his quote unquote revenge for how terribly he was treated in green Bay. And it's, it's exactly what I should have known was going to happen. That's just the kind of person that he is. But I still have to see his defenders online who are like, oh, he's a jet now, he can do whatever he wants. We had a lot of good years with him. Did we? Did we have that many good years with him? One Super Bowl, man, one, one, singular, count it one, and a whole, whole multiple years of headaches. I submit, was it actually as good as we're remembering? Or did we just have a lot of really, really talented people around him and it just gave us this sense that he was this elite, fantastic, perfect, godlike quarterback. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is that I'm tired of hearing his name, and I, w- I would really like it if I didn't have to talk about him anymore and if I didn't have to read about him anymore and if I just didn't have to hear his f-ing name anymore. So please, can we stop? Thanks. Go Pat. Go.
2: Well, I think the one area where I know you – you know that I disagree, is I loved these past few years. I understand the one Super Bowl argument and the frustration that comes with that and the heart, the massive heartache that comes from those losses in the postseason. Um, but I've, I've genuinely loved, I don't want to say every minute of it because there have been some heartaches and whatnot, but, um, I'm. I'm. I, I thought it was awesome. It was a fantastic ride. We had some great games, great years. Dominated the Bears. Dominated the NFC North. Playoffs every year. Um, I thought it was great, and I would absolutely do it again. Um, you know the, the the pay cut thing is tough because yeah, on on one hand, well, he has the right to do it. I I know that he had the right to do it here too, though. And it, but but at the same time, it's like, well, I, nobody has to give a pay cut, so I don't. I don't. I never faulted him for not taking a pay cut, but there still needs to be an answer as to this organization over here that did draft you when everybody else passed on you. When everybody else made you look like a freaking idiot, it was the Packers that bet on you. And they did that in spite of the amount of absolute horrendous hatred that was thrown in their face. Everybody, I mean, the, the people within the building, the coaches were furious at guys like Ted Thompson. And, and how about Ted Thompson? I mean, you know, the, the idea that the Jets have done something for him that that nobody else had. Like, wh- what? What the, f- what the heck did the Jets ever do for him? What did they do? They brought him in. Right? After they already knew he won MVPs, they decided to bring him in. Ted Thompson did that for you. But you didn't win anything at that time. You were a cocky, arrogant douchebag that people didn't like. They didn't like your personality. That was your big flaw coming out. But Ted Thompson believed in you. And he brought you in, and he took all the slings and arrows. He's the one that got beat over the head from the media, from the Packers fans. He got immediate phone calls from Brett Favre and his agent. What the F are you doing? Have you lost your mind? And then you get calls from Aaron Rodgers' agent saying, trade him. If you're not going to play him, trade him. He took all that crap for you. And to sit here and say that the Jets care about him and the Packers never did, the organization never did, I mean, that's... that's... And I'm not saying that's Rodgers... Position necessarily. I mean, there's different circumstances, but to for anybody to take that stance is so unbelievably disrespectful. Because it's not like Rodgers has only been playing under Brian Gutekunst. And, and the thing is, the other thing that you know is 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 has got to be frustrating. I have to assume, and the players will never say it. The Packers players have to be pissed off by this. Because look at how positive the, Jet, the Jets players, there's already articles out there like, wow, that's amazing that he's, he'd be willing to do that for us. They're galvanizing around him. He could have done that at any time. And it didn't have to be $35 million. He could have taken a $5 million pay cut. And he probably could have been some fake thing where he ends up getting it later or something. Just, just some kind of a gesture to say, you know what, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. But he never wanted to do that here. And as soon as he leaves, he does it. All the stuff he never did here. I mean, it, it really just it just feels so unbelievably petty. And, on, you know, again, on one hand, you look at it and go, well, he's just doing the right thing. It's, it's, it doesn't have to be anything dramatic, right? But he refused to do it here. It just feels so unbelievably ungrateful. It feels like he just hated it here, and he hated the people. And, you know, as much as I, I genuinely don't believe he he really did, that's just the attitude he had, and it's like he was so bitter toward the front office. But again, even before the Jordan Love thing, so that's what makes it confusing, but he just seemed to have this bitterness constantly and i'm sure if he had spent any amount of time with the jets three four five six seven eight years he would hate that organ. that is the most garbage run organization ever he would hate them with a passion but you get those you know that honeymoon phase it's brand new and man they love you and everybody treats you like a king and everything's great so yeah it's like oh this is this is so great i'm gonna start doing all these wonderful things because of how they treat me but you know it's it's hard to not look at it and say you know I mean, look, I, I don't know. He, he had the opportunity to do any of these things here. I never faulted him. I constantly defended him saying, no, he's not required to take a pay cut. I would, nobody is required to take a pay cut. But you go over there within five minutes, you take a $35 million pay cut. And granted that contract was garbage, but that's the other part of it. It's like, well, this is a, nobody should have to be stuck under this contract. I just made Gudikuns do that because I freaking hate him. I'm not going to make you guys do that. So I, you know, whatever. As I've said now many times, it needed to end. It was a horrible relationship, and as good as we could make it with Gutikuns putting in good players and Rogers playing at a high level, the team was never able to win because it was just a dysfunctional family. And that's it. And now we have a much better family dynamic here. The Jets seem to have a great family dynamic over there. It's just something that needed to happen. It's just really, really unfortunate how bad things were here that didn't need to be that way.
1: Hey, Ryan. Jeff Matchett from Milwaukee. What's up, my man? Um, Say, question for you. What's going on? Just wondering, Luke Musgrave. Yep. uh, Given the fact that he is a liability and pass pro, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know that he should be an inline tight end until he develops that skill set. So what about him being in the slot offensively? I think
2: he will be a lot.
1: I think he could kill that scene with his size and speed. Uh, I don't just surprised we haven't heard much of that yet. I'm, I'm anticipating we might, though. I, I think having him in that slot would be fabulous for the offense. And then we talk about which receivers would fit there, but man, I think Musgrave would be a tremendous weapon right there. Kind of reminiscent of what Jermichael Finley brought to the Packers offense years ago. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, so um, it's not going to be 100%. Right, I mean, nobody is in the slot 100%, but that is part of what the Packers do. right? We, we've got these three different kinds of tight ends, and I think Musgrave is going to be the tight end that is basically a receiver. right? That's what we had when we had Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham came here, and he was in the slot, but he was in the slot about 50% of the time. Um, but he also spent some time out wide, which Musgrave will too. There'll probably be a, a, a tiny little dash of backfield stuff, and he is going to be in line once in a while. Now, how many times in line is he actually going to block? maybe 50% of that as opposed to releasing out. But I, I think the, the part of it is you can't be too transparent with what you're doing. He's going to have to suck it up and block once in a while, and that may end up being a liability. And, yes, every Packer fan is going to look and say, what an idiot. Who would make him sit and block? He's terrible. Just let him run routes. But, you know, everybody's got to be multiple to some degree. Everybody has to be able to do everything. But his primary responsibility will be to be a receiver, and he will spend uh, most of his time in the slot. Just looking at it real quick, the tight end, and it's a similar kind of tight end here but the tight end that spent the most time in the slot as a percentage last year was Mark Andrews and it was 64.8%. So as an absolute ceiling it's 65%, right? But even he spent 14% in line. So there's going to be some of his his time in line, but it was 65% in the slot and 22% uh out wide. And I think that's I don't think it'll be that much, but it'll be um Similar to that. Robert Tunyon was our guy before. He spent um it was thirty-eight percent in the slot and then twenty percent out wide, which left uh forty three percent in line. So I, I I think it'll be pretty close to fifty fifty between split out, whether that be wide or in the slot, and being in line. But he but he is gonna be a receiver most of the time. Um but Again, it's it's he's gonna have to block. He's gonna have to run block, he's gonna have to pass block. He's gonna have to develop that part of his game. But at the same time, his emphasis is being a receiver and everybody understands that. You know, Darren Waller is one of the better receiving tight ends in football. He had a 36 pass blocking grade. He was in line 17.4% of the time. You got to do it. I know you suck at it. Give it your best, but then for the most part just go out and run routes, right? Same with, you know, Zach Ertz, terrible pass blocker, Austin Hooper incredible receiver, terrible pass blocker. That's just how it goes sometimes. I mean, Robert Tunyon, he had a 35 pass blocking grade. He sucked at it. He had a 60 receiving grade, so he wasn't great at that either. But that's kind of what I think it's going to be. You want to try to make him as good as possible because you're going to have to do it sometimes. But he's probably never going to be very good at it. And uh, what we care about mostly is that you can be a really solid receiver.
3: Hey, Ryan. It's Jersey Mike. Uh, So I just want to... I just want to talk to you for a minute Okie doke And I want to bust your balls a little bit here Okay. Did you seriously get all up in your feels About Jordan Love on the podcast this morning uh, Being the second day of training camp by the way
2: um, Second day
3: And then and they say Jordan Love you got to prove yourself Because I feel like Jordan Love heard you And got <laughs> real mad that you was doubting him And he just went out and just decided You know what? I'm going to show you that I can get it done with some red zone TD passes in camp to Jaden Reed and Christian Watson. And multiple times during training camp, it was said that, you know, some balls were thrown up to Luke Musgrave and some other guys that couldn't come down with it. Um, and, and, and so here's here's what I'm going to say. Look, I get it. I understand where you're coming from. We all have high expectations of Jordan Love, but we don't want to just outright be like, hey, look, Love, if you don't produce right now, we got a problem. You're going to be off the team. And we all don't want to say, well, Love, we're going to give you all year, you know, and if you
2: For the record, I didn't say that.
3: You know, if you're mediocre at best, you know, we'll give you some more time. Like, like you were saying, we want some proof, Okay. I just feel like the whole statement where that came from was a place of nervousness.
4: A place of anxiety, of fear, of not being
3: confident, okay? In in this football team, but in Jordan Love, obviously because that was directly directed towards Jordan Love. But I, I wanna I wanna wanna issue a word of uh caution here to to everybody, right? Um I mean, I've played sports. I've been a lot, a lot of competitive competitions and whatnot. And there's there's something I've noticed uh, amongst the best of the best, right? Um, everybody's gonna have an off day, number one. Not everybody shows up and there's just greatness all the time. I mean, look at look at Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, Brett Favre. They all had bad down days, right? And you were saying the thing that there's no great quarterback that had bad preseason games or or. or they didn't look great in preseason. I just want to say this. Okay? And I keep to saying that, but I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna keep saying it. Okay? Some of the top, most top tier talent I've ever been around sucked in practice. Real bad. They, they, they had issues. They, they couldn't figure out what was what. And when it came down to it, they might have given up a game or two. But they turned on the Jets and always won the competition. So, just remember.
2: Yeah, so you got cut off and didn't call back. So, to clarify, and this is why I over-explain everything all the time, because I, I say it and then I feel like nobody understands what I'm saying. My issue specific, I, I, I didn't say he had a bad day, therefore I think he sucks. My issue coming into this is I've never felt comfortable with Jordan Love. From a standpoint of, I can't think of one time when I feel like from start to finish he dominated. Maybe one preseason game. But if you look at it, 2020, he didn't have a preseason. 2021, the preseason was terrible. 2022, in totality, you look at his grades and his stats, they were bad. Really bad. And then when you look at all of his training camp, what happens in his training camp? It's never really a dominant performance. It's always either that was really bad or it's up and down. So, yes, I have personal concern. My, my whole issue with Jordan Love is inconsistency. And so when day one came out and it was just another bad day, I just said, look, first of all, kid gloves are off, right? I'm not going to sit here and, and play this game we've been playing forever where, yeah, okay, it wasn't great, but it's training game. Okay, it wasn't great, but it wasn't great, but it wasn't great, but been making excuses for, for three years now. Now you're the starting quarterback. And, yes, sometimes people have bad days. I've been saying that since forever. But sometimes they have good days. Sometimes they have great days. And I don't see that from Jordan Love. And all I'm saying is, it doesn't definitively mean that, you know, if you don't have one great day that you're not going to be great. I'm just saying, yes, I am going to be nervous about this. Because at some point, you should just dominate. At some point, you should tear everybody's head off. And day two wasn't that day. It was a better day but he still threw a pick and he followed that up with, I mean, every throw after that pick was bad. He had people wide open was missing them again. I'm not giving up on Jordan Love. I'm just saying that I'm going to personally raise the standard. I want to see Jordan Love play really, really, really well because I'm I'm tracking every single football team. I've seen Justin Fields have, I mean, already through two days, I think day three was the first time he threw a pick and it was in walkthroughs. The first two days he's done nothing but dominate. Justin Fields is a bad quarterback. He can do it. I've seen some of the rookies, Anthony Johnson today, pretty mo- pretty well dominated. Now, I'm I'm hopeful that it's largely he's going up against a really stiff defense. I've already clarified that pick, which did you hear that yet? You did. You should have heard that today. Not by the time you called Jersey Mike, but the um, the pick after I watched it wasn't as bad as the media folks made it seem. And even as I said, look, this isn't This isn't a definitive standard. This is my standard. This is my concern, and you're right, it is fear. My fear is I've never seen, going back to college, the issue was consistency. I said that from day one. You watch these games, and he will drive down the field, great throw after great throw, like 20 plays down the field, and then he throws a pick in the end zone. He reminded me of Mitch Trubisky in that way. That was what I said about him. He's like, Mitch, he'll have a great drive, and he'll just blow it in the end. Consistency has always been my personal fear for years. And so what I want to see from Jordan Love is consistency. And I haven't seen it. OTAs were bad. Day one was bad. Day two was better, but inconsistent. So that doesn't count for, you know, what I'm looking for personally. So yes, I I am very hopeful for Jordan Love. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to criticize him if he's bad. Christian Watson, I'm I am over the moon excited about his potential. I've been on Twitter talking about he's better than DJ. He's going to tear up the league. He comes in and has back-to-back drops. I'm not going to treat him with kid gloves either. Knock that crap off. Musgrave had drops in day two. Better knock it off, dude. It's not me saying, well, now, now everything's over. It's just, come on, man. Li- listen, this is this is serious business. Anybody can, I mean, there's 32 teams. Most of them suck, period. Most teams are not good football teams. So we can go out there and be a not good football team that is an inconsistent quarterback and wide receivers that have drops and everything else. I want to be a great football team. I want the Packers and Jordan Love and everybody else to be great. And so I'm going to set a high bar for them. And at no point ever am I going to dismiss, because it is training camp, and sometimes it doesn't really translate. Same with preseason. You can have a bad preseason and whatever. So I, there's never going to be a time when I'm going to say I don't believe in this team because of what happened. I, I may say I'm nervous because of what I'm seeing. And yeah, as long anybody that's bad, I'm going to call it out, period. That's just how it goes. I'm hopeful. I'm excited. But I don't know. I mean, that's what we've been saying all. I don't know that Jordan Love's going to be good. I don't know that Christian Watson or Romeo Dobbs or Jaden Reed or Luke Musgrave or Tucker Craft, whose name I still haven't heard. I had the, the horrifically painful duty today of doing what I was dreading having to do. And I moved Tucker Craft down below Tyler Davis, which sucks, but I think that that's a reality right now. Talk about that in a couple days, I think. So unfortunately, that's going to be how this goes. And Jordan Love's going to get the most scrutiny of anybody. It's like we talked about with Aaron Rodgers, man. You make all this money. You are the face of the franchise. You're the most important piece. You're going to get the most scrutiny. That's how it was for him. That's how it's going to be for Jordan. And so to be very clear... I'm not giving up on Jordan Love. I'm not saying he's bad because he had a bad day. I'm just sticking to what I said before, which is I want to see, I need to see consistency from Jordan Love at some point. I haven't seen it up to this date. We saw it in in Philly, and again, I think one of the preseason games really got me excited, one of three. The Eagles game was great, but it was like nine passes. I just want something. We had nothing in OTAs. We've had nothing through two days of training camp. And I know everyone, well, day two was great. Day two was good, but it was inconsistent, and that's exactly the problem. Generally, there are notes on maybe, maybe 10 passes in training camp. Probably not even that many. I don't think it's completely unfair to say, in 10 passes, can we not throw a pick? Can we not have a, he was wide open and you missed him? Can we do that? Give me one. Then we'll see if we can make it two. Then we'll see if we can stitch together a a preseason game. Maybe this year we can have two good preseason games and one not so great. Season starts real soon, so again, I'm, I I stand by what I said. It's time to start seeing that consistency.
5: Hey, Ryan, it's Seth. Hey. Um, just wanted to call in on a couple things. Um, my first thing is, who do you recommend following on Twitter for media coverage at the Packers? You know, I get you and Clayton's retweet, I follow uh, Ramage and uh, Aaron Negley or a couple of the other guys, but it seems like you get a lot more content than I do from when you tweet out. So who are maybe your top, if you can give me 10 top 10 guys, so that's too hard. Give me your top five. Um, maybe, maybe some that, you know, I don't, uh, aren't as commonly known, but I would love to know who to follow to give some more of those clips and stuff. um, like yesterday, you said Love had had a bad day, well, day one. And I was like, I had not heard that, seen that, anything. And so just curious who you're getting some of your content from. Love to follow some more people and get some more videos to see on Twitter. Um, also...
2: Yeah, so I'm trying to figure out how to even see who's on my list here. Um Andy Herman would be one of the top ones. Bill Huber... Um Marquez Eversall, Pete Doherty, Tom Silverstein, Wes Hodkowitz, Cassidy Hill, Paul Brettel. I mean, I, I usually read off the names so you can kind of hear it. Ryan Wood is another one. Kyle Malzahn. Um, those are probably the the top ones that I have. Um, I did add a few people that have, like, videos and whatnot, but Big B got massively scolded for posting that video, so he probably won't do that again. But you could follow him if you want. You know, Matt Ramage and and Big B and whatnot, they're, they're in the stands, but they don't usually, from my experience, tweet out, like, live tweet really fast exactly what's happening. That's where you want to follow the Packers reporters that are on the sideline. They're the ones that are just... Uh, furiously doing that. You could probably watch uh, Rob Domofsky as well, I'm guessing. He blocked me so I can't see any of his stuff anymore, but I think he would probably be another one. So if you follow those guys, you can put them in a list like I do. I have a a massive list, but it's the NFC North and the the Jets, so I have all their beat reporters. Um, And I also have a guy that just tweets out from all over the NFL, so I can track pretty much all the stuff. So it's key things from all around the nfl as well as jets and nfc north um uh beat writers mostly the the guys that go to camp and actually talk about what's going on and that's kind of how i get all the information that i have so yeah i have 52 people in mind
5: looks like uh some people i do follow did have some stuff i uh, would uh love today it sounds like he uh Sounds like he had a better day from at least what I could see the people I follow. So that's good news. Um, super, super excited, um, to continue seeing some content. Um, what do you think about the, Aaron Rodgers taking a pay cut? Um, on one hand, it kind of pisses me off just cause like all the crap we wish you'd have done for us and he was here. He's doing for the Jets, you know, right. doing OTAs. Uh, going out, spending time with the young guys, taking a pay cut, and on the other hand, I don't even give a crap because all I care about is him playing enough for us to get a first-round pick next year, and um, I, I honestly, though, I'm getting so fed up with all this Jets stuff and the stuff he's doing. I, I do. I hope the Jets absolutely suck. I hope they have a horrible year. I hope he plays enough that we get a first-round pick, but I hope they miss the playoffs. I hope... The hard knocks Is uh, humiliating for them And fun for us to watch I don't know I'm trying to, trying to stay a supporter of Rogers. I loved him when he was here Great football player But uh, it's just driving me nuts But uh, Thought I had one more thought Totally lost it So uh, if I think about it I'll give you a shout back Alright talk to you later
2: yeah, I mean it's it's the the best way that I can say it is I think what I've already said before which is, you know, you've got a couple that are married and they disagree on children and you know the the husband says I don't want to be a father and you say, you know, on on one hand I respect that. You you, you don't want to be a dad, it's just the way that it is. You know, you can't be mad at somebody for that. Um there's just a disagreement and they end up getting a divorce and you know He gets remarried, and the first thing they do is they try to have a kid, and sure enough, she gets pregnant. And it's like, okay, on one hand, you have every right to say, I don't want to be a father. And then you have every right to say, I want to be a father. But yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a BS thing to do when you refuse to have a child over here, but then are excited to have a child over there, right? for pretty obvious reasons. You said you didn't want to be a dad, and apparently that wasn't true. You just didn't want to be a dad over here, right? So, yeah, and again, that's going to cause people to be upset. Fans are going to be upset, and rightly so. You want to do it for them, you didn't want to do it for us. You wanted to do it for those players, but not these players. You wanted to do it for that organization, but not our organization. And again, I know that there's a lot of back and forth about people in terms of who's to blame and who's the good guy and who's the bad guy. But please understand that Rodgers is actively attacking the organization that you claim to root for and support. At some point, you need to take your hands off of Rodgers and say, okay, you've taken it too far. But I I think a lot of Packer fans are so invested in this that this is a terrible organization and they deserve it and all this stuff. I mean, it it just, there's like this self-loathing that's going on within Packers fans where, you know, good, I hope the Packers fail and good, I hope the you know we you know wanting everything to go horribly so that we can say I told you so and Goudaunce gets fired good and Matt Lafleur gets fired good and they're rooting for Rogers and the Jets to succeed not because of what he did over here that's just that's just what they're saying but what they really mean is they want him to succeed so that they can say see that's what would happen if you actually support him that's you know it's just all this big I told you so. They want the Packers to fail and the Jets to succeed to be able to say, see, it was all Aaron Rodgers all along and you didn't appreciate him, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, man, you are actively wanting this team to fail and burn into the ground just so you can say I told you so. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm painting with a broad brush. I'm not saying everyone's doing this, but this is happening right now. And there are a lot of people saying they're supporting Rodgers because of what he did over the last however many years. And in reality, it's it's kind of BS. It all comes back to this little little fight. Who's right and who's wrong in this in this divide? But again, it shouldn't matter. The fact is, there was a divide. It needed to separate, whether you want to admit that or not. The fact that we're fighting about it proves that there needed to be a separation there. Massive civil war amongst Green Bay Packers fans. It needs to end. And now he's over there with a t- another team, and we are still over here. And listen, if you hate this team, you, you should go find a new team, period. There's no sense in, in saying you support a team that you hate. That doesn't make a ton of sense to me. You could go be a Jets fan or just any other team. It doesn't really matter, but don't be here if you hate the organization. I don't fully understand that. I, I, I guess what I would like is for everyone to come to the agreement that, you know, things happened. We disagree about what happened, but at this time we're Packer fans. We're not Jets fans, we're not Rodgers fans. We can become Rodgers fans when he's no longer on a rival football team. And yes, all 31 other teams are technically rivals. There's one prize and only one team gets it. There is not a there's no alliances here. The NFC North thing is sort of a faux rivalry. It's not really a big deal. I mean, the only time it matters is when you get down, you know, you play them more often. And when you get down to it, only, you know, they're the direct competition to get into the playoffs, but it's 31 competing teams. I'm not rooting for the Jets. I'm not rooting for the Bills. I'm not rooting for the Bengals. I'm not rooting for the Chiefs. I'm not rooting for the Lions. I am rooting for the Green Bay Packers. I am rooting for the Packers quarterback and the Packers coach and the Packers GM and the Packers president. Period. That's not up for debate. It shouldn't be, and I don't know why it would be. You want Rodgers to have a great life? Good, me too. You want Rogers' team to succeed and beat the crap out of everybody when we're in direct competition with them? No, that's a bad idea. Even remove the draft pick, which is massive. Why would you root for another team? I just, I I, I don't understand that, to be honest. Actually, why don't we take a break here? Please check out grassfedcooperative.com. Get you a big old box of meat. Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddies where you can support the podcast or hit me up on Venmo at Packernet Podcast. We'll take a break. We'll be right back.
1: Hey, Ryan, this is Jake Nescanaba. I haven't called, called in, in. Uh, for a while, but, uh yeah, I just, you know, I just was reading about uh, Rogers taking a $35 million pay cut. I know people, I know he's not on the Packers, but come on. Play with us for how many years? You know, I still care. Anywho, but God, pardon me. Yeah, actually, all of me is like, really? Aaron, really? Yeah. You take a $35 million pay cut with the Jets? I mean, uh, what? I don't know. It's almost kind of. I feel like uh, you know you, you date a girl for a long time, and you know, like per you know part of her personality. You know, you dump her. She goes, oh, someone else something she, you know, she changes it. She does something yeah. different. She's exactly. cool. That's how I feel with Rogers. Granted, he's not cool, but sorry, I'm rambling. But go Paco and dear Lord, come on, come on, Rogers. All right,
2: I know. Yeah, I mean that was identical to my example cuz that's that's literally what it is. You know, it, it's that's who you are, that's fine. But then you go over there and you do something else. And and for all the people defending all of his actions over here and everything, um he's he is essentially admitted that what he was doing here was wrong. How do you know? Cuz he's doing none of those things over there. He's doing everything the exact opposite over there. So he knows what's right and what's wrong. He knows all of it. And so, again, th- this is all that I would ever need to demonstrate that he fully knew that what he was doing was damaging. He did it on purpose um, because he didn't want to do these things for the organization, and now he's willing to do more. Again, it's a different situation, but do we think he would have taken a pay cut if, um, if he had stayed in Green Bay? Of course he wouldn't. It, it, it was He took a pay cut because the, the contract is debilitating. But he did that on purpose. He deliberately made the Packers give him that that contract. He said, that you, you know, it, it was a contract the Packers never should have given him. But he did it on purpose. He wanted it to hurt. And then he goes to the Jets and he's like, oh, you don't have to worry about that. I just did that because I hate guticunts. Screw that guy. So, yeah, the, the whole thing is, it's, it's just, it's so stupid.
4: Hello, Packer fans. Question for you. <laughs> Is Joe the Janitor real? Anyways, I got some questions for Joe the Janitor. Uh, it's really been bothering me. All right. I don't know if all the people that drink Bud Light started drinking Pats, but I can't find Pats anywhere. Yeah.
3: And I got a,
4: I got a good movie that Joe the Janitor might like. It's called uh, Falling Down, where this guy just has a meltdown. He's trying to get to his kid's birthday. Pretty good. Helps me. So, yeah, you got to keep these. Uh, Call's going because i got to take a trip with my boss, and it's uh, yeah going to be a week. So keep them going so I can keep listening to you. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>
2: well, I will do everything I can to keep calling. How funny would it be if all these sort of ridiculous calls that everyone thinks is, is a little bit suspect, if it was just me? <laughs> There's like four people that actually call in, and the rest are me. Like Joe the janitor's me, you know? jersey mike is me there's like one guy that plays along and thinks that there's like this big thing thomas austin that was me all along that robot that called in very obviously me there's like four people that actually listen to this show i just keep calling in and then there's steven alaska is the one guy that plays along <laughs> oh boy that would be funny Hello. hey Ryan, hey
4: jonathan from colorado
2: Colorado, um, okay. I got you I down as to Texas.
4: I was listening to Patrick dark and I was thinking about it. I was like, a lot of young backs are complaining about what they make. But if you look back on top running backs from early two thousands mm-hmm. up until I say two thousand ten, I don't remember. But they were toting a rock. Yeah. Five hundred pounds a year. and then, you're right, they were toting the rock about five hundred pounds a year taken twice the punishment. Never complained. And I, I don't remember what they were making, but if you ask me, um, there they were they have not been as versatile, but they were better runners, if that makes sense. Like I think back to Here, um Trenton Porter. Guys like that which is bad like Unstoppable. Also, my prediction for the season, I'm gonna go with solid uh I wanna go with ten wins. Ten wins Okay. I think winning this. Um I think that AJ Dillon has more carries than Aaron Jones. Okay. Um, and the reason being I, I think Dillon's kinda of back to where he's in order for him to keep going, you have to give those some carries. Like, he's not the Aaron Jones back who will give me five, ten carries, and I can make something happen. No, they going to kind of get, like, give me 20 touches, and he might get 100 yards. He might get a 100 yards in that. That's my personal opinion. I think Dobbs will lead the team in receptions. Um, I think that would be Love's go-to guy, personally. Um, yeah. Uh, I think, I'm, I'm going to say Love's going to have about, let's go, 14 yards, um, 30 touchdowns, I don't know, 10 picks, 15 picks, um, somewhere around there. I don't know. Pineapples, um, But that's just, you know, my thoughts predictions
2: on the season so far. Let me know what you think. Thanks. Yeah, so obviously I had a real hard time understanding all that. Um as far as the running back thing early on, I think there's kind of a combination of things. And you're right, that that's another factor is the NFL is moving toward running back by committee. So any one superstar running back, you know, they're they're just trying to get away from that. They're they're trying to supplement that with with these committees. Um, and yeah, that, that is another factor as far as guys running the ball 500 times. Like that's, that's really just not even as much of a thing that you're going to find anymore. But I, I do also think, cause those guys were getting paid superstar money. And I think the NFL is just realizing, you know, even then they were overpaying running backs. Like it was just a bad idea. So even if, if you could take all these guys and transport them back then, they would change it and they'd be like, I don't care how many times he's running it. Um, in fact, they change everything. We're, we're not paying the superstar running backs this much because they're not worth this much. And we got to stop putting so much weight on these superstar running backs. Doesn't mean you don't want them. If you can get them, great. If you have them, that's awesome. But, um, yeah, so I think it was a combination of things. It was it was guys were carrying the teams much more. You didn't have guys that could replace you as easily. And um, you didn't have the committees, you know, with, you know, like Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon kind of split in time. And you know, you also had in the nineties the and early two thousands just a lagging behind the data and not understanding rightly um the lack of importance and value that you're getting even even from the superstar running the backs. I do have your wins down. So I got you at ten wins. That is one, two, three, four people at ten. Chris in Alabama is ten and a half. So Jonathan from Texas, Craig, Stephen Detroit, and Kyle and Madison all have 10 and then as far as I couldn't really hear your prediction I know it was 30 touchdowns 10 interceptions I think you said 4,200 yards I'm not positive but that puts him right at about Jared Goff would be about the closest he had 4,429 touchdowns 7 interceptions or uh Gino was relatively Gino and Trevor Lawrence were also close but you're getting higher in yards 4,500 32 touchdowns 12 interceptions Trevor Lawrence 4,600 30 touchdowns 13 interceptions So, kind of in that range, it would be right at the top 10. I mean, all three of those guys are, are, uh, well, top 10 in terms of yardage. Um, Yeah, if you look overall, PFF grades, Trevor Lawrence was at 11. Gino was 9th. Goff was actually 20th in terms of his grade, but I think everybody would be satisfied if he had a Jared Goff type season. I'd be excited about 4,400 yards, 29 touchdowns, 7 interceptions.
4: Hey, Ryan. This is John. Again. What's up? I decorate Sam from Colorado. I'm not from Colorado. I'm from Texas. There you go. I just live in Colorado. Um, but anyway. As, as far as defense goes, I, I really think Savage Savage going to come back. Call me optimistic. I, I got a feeling he to come back. I don't know why. It's itch. Um I think he has, has I don't know. TFF raid back some money on it. I'd say 70. Let's go to 73.
2: I'm missing the important part of this. Who's getting to 73? I didn't catch it.
4: I think has uh, uh, Lucas think Van Ness? Very heavy. Very, very defense step forward. I think this is um, the first time Bill Barry has a good
2: defense.
4: Okay. reason being.
2: All right, man, I'm sorry. I gotta, I, I'm gotta. not understanding any of this. Maybe the people listening are hearing it, and I, I just I can't interact because I'm missing all the important parts of the call. So I don't know if you got it on speaker or something or if you're talking through your phone, but um, I just, I'm just, i not catching it, bro. Sorry.
0: Hey, Ryan. Steve up in Alaska. What's up? Um, this is going to be pretty short and sweet. Okay. I'd just like to say I am pretty... Uh, Pissed off that Aaron Rodgers has now decided to be Mr. Magnanimous and look for the team first and give back $35 million when he spent pretty much his entire career taking max money from us, especially at the end, and then complaining, or at least not stopping any of the complaints, about the fact that the team wasn't getting the players that he wanted. Um, so, yeah, that's all I got to say. I uh, I vented most of it out on the way home as I was driving down <laughs> the road. I did want to call while I was driving because I was doing a lot of cussing. But, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm pretty pissed. The the guy wasn't in anywhere within view of Brett Favre after leaving us going to the Vikings, and I think he can see him from here, where he is currently now in my mind. He can see Brett. He's got a ways to go to catch him, but he can see him. All right, guys, see ya. Bye. Go back.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it put me from, you know, a state of mind that was... You know, I'm, I'm happy for Rodgers and all that, and, um, you know, hopefully for the sake of the pick, the Jets, you know, he plays and the Jets don't have a good record. Now it's kind of, you know, I kind of hope this all just fails, period, because th- this is clearly still a a, a fight. This is st- still clearly personal. This is Aaron Rodgers versus the Green Bay Packers, and I, I hope and intend for the Packers to win. Um, I want this to have been a bad decision. I want Aaron Rodgers saying, I'm going to show you how stupid you are and how powerful I am. I kind of want that to fall flat on its face. Some people disagree. They want Aaron Rodgers to show the world how stupid Brian Gutekunst is and how stupid the world is for not believing in him and uh, what happens when he has a defense and all this stuff. You know, I, I I am not of that opinion. I hope that, um, what's his name, Sean Payton is right, that they're trying to build this dream team and it's not going to work. Um, I still think it is probably going to work, but, uh, yeah, I hope it falls flat on its face. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not wor- wishing for anything vicious. I just want this to not succeed, and then I want him to retire. And first of all, what would be great is if he hated the organization, because it is a garbage organization. Um, and for him to realize that and, and this whole honeymoon phase to go bye-bye because the fact that he is treating this organization so well, considering everything the Packers did for him, is is sickening in and of itself. So it'd be nice to see the true Aaron Rodgers come out with his anger and frustration. Part of the reason I'm tracking this offensive line because I think that's going to be the key to this whole thing. That that looks like a freaking disaster, and Rodgers is not going to handle that very well if he cannot stay on his feet. We've seen that in Green Bay when he's under constant pressure, we lose the game, and um, that may be a lot of games in uh, New York, New Jersey, whatever. So, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm not even going to. Uh, I'm not, it's not a conflict for me anymore to where it's like, I don't want to wish bad on him, but I do want the, t- no, I just, I want the whole thing to fail. I want it to implode. I want it to be an embarrassment. And the, uh, the high draft pick is a kicker. That's all that is.
0: Hey, Ryan, Steve, don't know if this is going to make it or not, because okay. I know you're cutting some stuff because people are going to be calling in, especially about this, but conspiracy theory. I'll do it really quick. Nice. Um, Rogers going into last year's season, they had already talked to his people and the Jets people about him going to the Jets. Okay. He knew that that was already going to happen, that we're going to work on it. Remember they talked about it the year before, before he even left. So, he decided to bail on those six games. The film injury was a, meh, not really a film injury, right. but he could fake it enough because he got dinged and there's the excuse and I can play that off. So that he lost trade value so the Jets didn't have to trade as much for him. Then he goes on a little bit of run, so, you know, he looks good, and the Jets can't say they're not getting somebody. Throws the last game of the season, basically, because, let's be honest, that looks like trash. Mm -hmm. Then he gets to the Jets, does all the hype-up stuff, makes it all kinds of good. Oh, look at this great new thing. So it's all clean and smooth. When he gives them $35 million back, because it was a big plan to screw us over. He knew when he went and got that contract that he wasn't going to stay, they were probably already talking about that conspiracy theory. All right,
2: I'm off. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm all right with just about anything at this point, because (laughs) as much as everything kind of seemed stupid at one point, now you look at it and it's like, you know, as bad as things were, who knows? Who knows? I I don't know. We always talk about Rodgers and how brilliant he is and how he he does everything deliberately eh, why not let's get weird with it
3: hey morning ryan it's hey it's uh so there's a conversation that's been going on i i must have missed where it started um or don't remember it or something but the whole conversation about driving and, and merging or, or something or other sure um and then I know a lot of people are laughing at Jordan Addison with this hundred forty mile an hour, <laughs> you know, taking your dog to the that situation. Yeah. Um and, and really cry out and say this is a ridiculous issue should never do this. I I just I just want to give some perspective from where I'm from on this because this is something that grinds my like gears a lot. Uh I, I'm somebody who has a very long history at, at vehicle racing, motorcycles and cars. From the age of twelve, stockball racing around dirt tracks. Um and, and moved on to circuit racing and whatnot with cars that I built and and here's the thing. Um I think the biggest problem that we have on highways, roads and whatnot and the like is idiots. Yeah. At the end of the day it's there's there's people plot people out there, like I'm gonna say three quarters of the population have driver's <laughs> licenses and they should not have driver's licenses. Fair enough. They have no freaking clue how to drive, they don't understand simple concepts. Like when it's wet outside, you slow down. When there's ice on the road, you have to drive differently. When there's snow out, you got to drive differently. When there's fog and the conditions are worse, you have to drive differently. Um, you got to make sure that your tires are in good condition. You got to make sure your brakes are in good condition. You got to make sure your car is in good condition. All these things. Uh, you got to make sure that you, as a driver, are practiced in in adverse conditions. I mean. But how many times have you seen it where you see a car accident on YouTube or something like that? And you're like, how, how couldn't that person avoid that car accident? I mean, right. maybe that's just me, but like, I feel the time I feel these car accidents. Like how did this person not, not avoid this? And then I, I remember these people don't have training. They have no understanding on how to properly drive a vehicle. So why are we giving them driver's licenses? You know, in places like uh, Finland, one of my favorite tests that they do is they take and put you on a, uh, on a, a giant ice lake or an ice strip. Okay, and the driver instructor is in the passenger seat and they're just driving around down the road and all of a sudden the fucking, sorry, excuse me, sorry, 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 sorry. But the, but the, the guy turns around and rips the e-brake. And, and now you're in a spin and now you gotta recover. And you gotta recover within a certain amount of time and this is just one of the tests that you have to go through to get your driver's license in Finland. And these guys go to be, you know, professional rally car drivers, Formula One drivers, and, and with regularity, right? They produce a lot of these guys. So yeah, I think it shouldn't have any the the laws are stupid, but it it's uh, helps stupid people be able to drive do it. Okay, go.
2: Yeah, I mean I I'm kinda stunned. I mean when I, I remember when I took my driver's test, like I, I was making Mistakes, and I thought like I'm just not going to get my my driver's license. I remember we drove a Ford Focus. My my dad's car it's this tiny little. I think it was a Hyundai Accent or whatever. But you know, how some cars like the the brake pedal and the gas pedal are real loose, and you got to like push it for a while to kind of get it going. And then the brake pedal, same thing. You really got to kind of push it in. This Ford Focus was so touchy, man. <laughs> and so I'm like squealing tires because I'm like kind of hitting it a little bit, and uh, the brakes were much more sensitive. So I was kind of just doing herky jerky stuff. And I was like, oh, man, I'm screwed. And then the other guy that I was doing the test with, he was just horrible. Like, he couldn't do anything. He couldn't parallel park. He couldn't, I mean, it wasn't just, like, going too fast or, or hitting the brakes too hard. It was all kinds of crazy stuff. And I'm like, this guy's definitely not getting his license. We both did. He's like, all right, you both, you know, like, you got some marks off, whatever, but it doesn't matter. You're fine. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> like, first of all, I was like, well, that, that's, that was easy. I thought it was going to be much more, because in my mind, like, driving is massive. and And maybe I just was over... Like, freaked out about it. I, my whole thing, I didn't want to drive. I was like, I don't, I shouldn't be driving. I don't know how to drive. I'm going to kill somebody or myself. Like, this is crazy. I can't believe you're going to trust me with this freaking. My my grandpa, when I was getting my license, he called me and he's like, just remember, a car is nothing more than a 2,000, bound, uh, 2000 pound bomb. I'm like, okay. Thank you. But yeah, they just hand those things out. No big deal. Same with my kid now. It's just like, she doesn't know how to drive, but they're like, ah, just go drive. Okay. Great. Yeah, she's going to drive now. That's super. But I do know what you mean. Once in a while, you'll see the like broad daylight. There's no fog. There's no rain. There's no ice. There's nothing. And there's a car that like spun out and is in the ditch. What What are you doing, bud? <laughs> what What How What could have possibly happened here? I mean, I, I I'm I'm sure the answer is they were doing 150 freaking miles an hour like an idiot. But you still you look at it and it's like there's no reason for you to be in a ditch. There's no reason for any of this. You're facing the wrong direction in a ditch on the highway. Bro, it's 70 miles an hour. Just go to, like, 75, hit cruise control, stay in the right lane. If they're going too slow, you get in the left lane. You might have to hit the brakes once in a while because it's just the two lanes or whatever, but you try to navigate that. Sometimes, if you just don't really care, you just drop it down to 70, stay in the right lane, and just cruise. Like, this is, it's not that big of a deal, man. The car basically drives itself. Why are you in a ditch? Maybe somebody ran them off the road, but you shouldn't be going backwards then. Right? That doesn't make a lot of sense. And if you're actually paying attention, when somebody else is being a bad driver, you can avoid it. Somebody's coming in your lane, you hit the brakes, but people don't notice it. Why? Because they're on their phone texting all the time, which has made things infinitely worse. I've I've noticed over the last you know five years, ten years, or whatever, it's like everyone's a drunk driver. Every car is swerving. Nobody knows when the light changes. It's terrifying. And of course, you you see this guy driving like an idiot, and I'll deliberately pull up right next to him just to look. And sure enough, they're doing that thing where they're st- they're they're you can just tell by their posture, right? They're they're kind of like angling their whole body down into their lap, but then they their their head is kind of up, but like their head is away, like they're 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 uh, so uncomfortable not staring at their phone. Their whole entire body posture is down toward their lap, but then their eyes are kind of glancing out toward the road, and then they go back down, and then they look up, and then they go back down. It's like you've I should run you off the road because you're an idiot. You don't have to text right now. I mean, if it is a life or death emergency, pull over and do it. Otherwise, what are we doing? I'm not going to lie. There have been times when I've been that guy and I'm trying to, you know, pull something up on Spotify or whatever, trying to get my playlist going. I've been that guy. I get it. But, I mean, there are people that legitimately, like, they, they can't stop, like, texting their friends while they're driving. Like, you don't have to do that right now. You really, I promise you, you don't have to do that. But anyways, we are getting caught up on calls a little bit here, so I'm just going to stop us there. We will uh, pick up on this tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.